Hello, you're listening to Rob's Records. I'm your host, Rob Elvin. Episode 1, Something to Shout About. the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band with You've Done My Brain In. Coming up on the show, we have News Round, a simple music game called 54321, Rob's Records, where I'll be discussing a record for my collection. This week is the first record I ever bought, or I had bought for me. Topics, and please release me before the end. So first up, yes, News Round. This is a collection of news stories since our last show that you may or may not find interesting. I read the news today, oh boy. Summer temperatures have officially set in the, over the last few weeks, with Brits across the country rushing to beaches, parks and other outdoor spaces to make the most of the heatwave. And whilst the weather heats up, many of us will also be venturing out into our gardens to enjoy the sun without coming face to face with half-naked strangers. But before you strip off and work on getting an overall tan, did you know there were some rules to follow when it comes to getting naked in your own garden? The good news is that in England and Wales it is not an offence to be naked in public. However, there are caveats attached as you need to be careful that you're not causing distress or alarm to others as this is an offence under Section 66 of the Sexual Offences Act 2003. The Crown Prosecution Service says, in the case of naturism, a balance is needed to be struck between the naturist's right to freedom of expression and the right of a wider public to protect them from harassment, alarm and distress. So what can you do to make sure you're not breaking the law while sunbathing naked? The advice from the police is to let your neighbours know that you're what you're up to before you head out into the sunshine with no clothes on, as this will hopefully avoid any awkward situations the neighbour is trying to peek on you with his stepladders and binoculars. Sorry police have previously shared a post about the issue after a row between the neighbours in Rygate. They said, if you want to wander around your garden naked, 
and you are overlooked by neighbours, then you have to be careful. An Englishman's home is not quite his castle, and your garden is not exempt from the law. In an ideal world, your relationship with your neighbours would be such that they would not object to you gardening in the buff, and they would never dream of calling the police. In the real world, however, you would be well advised to take some simple precautions. Police also suggest sunbathing in a part of your garden that is screened from view. And my advice would be to ensure that you wear sunscreen. A New Zealand law allowing people to poo in public, so long as they do not think they are being watched, must be tightened, says a Freedom Camping Association, amid long-running allegations that campers are to blame for much of the human waste in the natural environment. It is currently an offence to defecate or urinate in a public place, other than in a public lavatory. But if the person can show they had reasonable grounds for believing they were not being observed, they may be able to escape a $200 fine. The Responsible Campus Association, Inc. argues that law should also require people to show they conduct their business at least 50 metres away from a waterway and the waste is buried at least 15 centimetres. It is not such not so much the action which creates concern, but the visible after-effects, said Bob Osborne, the group spokesperson. The group started in 2017 for advocate for freedom campers, people who stay free of charge on public lands, on the basis that, they are, that their mode of camping should not be targeted, but rather individuals behaving badly. Freedom camping has hit the country's headline in recent years over concerns about its impact on the environment, especially when it comes to campers' personal waste. Reports regularly crop up in local media linking freedom campers to increases in excrement and toilet paper littering the popular tourist destinations, leading to people saying that it's a load of crap where they visited. A Russian man who tried to rob a hair salon ended up as the victim when the female shop owner overpowered him, tied him up naked, then used him as a sex slave for three days. Victor Jasinski, 32, admitted to police that he had gone to a salon in Meshkovish, Russia, with the intention of robbing it. But the tables were turned dramatically when he found himself overcome by owner Olga Jazjak, 28, who happened to be a black belt in karate. She allegedly floored the would-be robber with a single kick. Then, in a scene reminiscent of Quentin Tarantino Pulp Fiction, police say Jazjak dragged the semi-conscious Jasinski to a back room of the salon and tied him up with a hairdryer cable. She allegedly stripped him naked and, for the next three days, used him as a sex slave to teach him a lesson, force-feeding him Viagra to keep that lesson going. The would-be robber was eventually released with Zajak saying he had learned his lesson. Jasinski went straight to the police and told them of his back room ordeal, saying that he had been held hostage, handcuffed naked to a radiator, and fed nothing but Viagra. Both have now been arrested. When police arrived to question Zajak, she said, what a bastard. Yes, we had sex a couple of times, but I bought him new jeans, gave him food, and even gave him 1,000 rubies when he left. So are you ready for a little game? So you may already be users of the Hiddle websites or apps where you get to listen to a one second, two seconds, three seconds of the beginning of a song and you have to guess it, you can get one specifically for the 90s, probably other ones. But anyway, I thought I'd flip it and what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you the last five seconds of a song and you have to guess what it is. Five, four, three, two, 
So here goes, here's the first one, see if you can get it. Ooh, it's just on the tip of your tongue, isn't it? Do you think it's harder? Harder than maybe the beginning of a song as opposed to the end of the song? So anyway, let's listen to it again, see what we find out, see if we, see if we can guess. Did you get it right? Of course you did. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps heading up I think I'm cracking up Am I just paranoid? Am I just sad? Rob's Records. And as I said at the top of the show, this is a record that is my first record. It was purchased for me actually with some money that was given to me after I'd swept the pathway of this old lady. I think it was, it must have been 1982, 83 when I did it. So I would have been four or five years old. And I can vividly remember going up the road with a broom and just sweeping. My eldest brother, Stu, was there and he watched me sweep the, the pathway of this old lady. I think she came to the door and said something. I can't remember. She, I think she thanked me. Hopefully she didn't leave the door open for too long. She probably would have caught, 
dreadful cold. But anyway, gave the money to my brother, and I don't know if it was the same day or a couple of days later, it was like, oh, here you go, here's a record. This is the, the, the old lady gave you some money, so we brought this record with it, we thought we'd like it. I think I might have been upset, because I think I would probably would have preferred sweets. But this, the record is Something to Shout About by Norwich City Football Club, backed by Ascent, and I have it here. And it's got my name in pencil, Robert, written on the back. And so just as a bit of background, something to shout about, Norwich City FC, backed by Ascent. So that's Roger Woodrow, John Skinner, Paul Pride, and Mick Betts. And so it was recorded or in 1982, and this is off the back of Norwich winning Division 2 and being promoted back into Division 1. And the B-side is Canary Celebration, featuring the supporters with thanks to Radio Norfolk, because I think that's got Roy Waller on there from Radio Norfolk talking to some of the fans and goals have been scored. Unfortunately, I can't play that side of the record because it is scratched, I have played it. I will play the other side, apart from all the future shows, I will try and record the actual records and play them on the podcast as opposed to just them being digital ones which I've, I've got somewhere in my uh, on CD or MP3s. But yes, 1982, something to shout about, first ever record. So I thought it was pretty out, the first ever show. Yeah, Rob's Records. I have thought maybe 
we could re I could reword that and hopefully Norwich will get promoted to the Premier League. Because 1982, 2022, actually be 2023, won't it next next year if they did get promoted. But oh well. That's that idea out the window. Next up is top picks stroke topics. So this kind of gives me the freedom that each show I'll talk about a topic that could be something to do with maybe the top 10 of, a, uh, of an artist, of their songs they've recorded, it could be music venues, or there could be something to do with, you know, CDs versus vinyl, MP3s versus flack, you know, the first ever song recorded, all those type of things. And so a few weeks back, I was thinking, what should be the first topic? And what was the thing that really got me into music or, or what I love about music? And it's about the recording of music. And so for me, I want to, I'm presenting to you today, mono versus stereo. So mono sound means only one channel is being used to record and convert into sound. So it's the same sound out of both speakers. The stereo sound means multiple channels are used to convert multiple signals to sound. But is stereo better than mono? So before I go into that, maybe we should have a little history lesson. So if you're sitting comfortably. In 1887, Thomas Edison introduced the phonograph, the first machine that could reproduce recorded sound. Edison used wax cylinders to capture sound and recorded discs and recorded discs became popular in the early 20th century. So fast forward a few years and British engineer Alan Dower Blunlein paved the way for a two-channel recording in the 1930s. But this wasn't but it wasn't until the 1950s that stereo technology was incorporated into movie theatres, radios, and television sets. So with stereo, the sound of some instruments could come from the left speaker and some sounds from the others in the right, imitating the setup of a concert orchestra. It was also possible to shift a particular sound from left to right or right to left, creating a sense of movement. Technology, however, was still very limited and expensive. So mono sound has been used for like decades beforehand and due to the original of the um, broadcast radio, and the portable wireless, then basically most people couldn't afford vast record collections and mainly relied on the radio to listen to music. I remember growing up, you know, I'm sure we all did, recorded songs from the radio on cassette tapes, trying very hard to stop it before the um, DJ cut in again. So yes, so you have to consider really how music was broadcast. So Amplitude modulated, which is AM mono radio, was originally how a radio station broadcasted. But then obviously as radio broadcasts and consumer taste changed over the years, then AM typically is now used for talk radio or news content, which, which doesn't need stereophonic sound. So with the creation of stereo, you had frequency modulated radio, which is FM radio, and that offered a much better sound quality. So by, the light, but so by the late 1960s, stereo dominated sound reproduction and album covers no longer needed to indicate stereo on the front cover because consumers simply assumed that they were buying a stereo record. So which is better? So in general, mono sounds plain, while stereo sounds more detailed and realistic. Stereo sounds offers a more immersive listening experience, but it also depends on where it's played. So for music 
and movies, in most cases, Stereo Fit provides a much more enjoyable listening experience. Mono, however, is great for vocal media content like news, podcasts and more, apart from this podcast where I would listen to it with earphones because I love to piss about with the stereo. Mono is also ideal for sound system installations where there's usually just a single speaker. So if you're, say, waiting in a doctor's surgery or if you're in a shop or somewhere where, you know, having two separate stereo speakers just be impossible to, you know, you wouldn't be able to hear Ringo's fantastic drumming uh, from the White Album, for example, if you were by the, uh, the dressing rooms. Stereo is, however, ideal for concerts or other recordings that you'd like to save with high quality recording. And you can always play a stereo track back as mono, but you can't reverse it from mono into stereo. They tried to do something like that when they tried all the mono recordings, which probably we'll cover on another show. But yes, as I say, mono is great cases where you're using a single earpiece or mono headsets for communications or other listening purposes. In terms of uh, a mono, you can do a little experiment if you've only got the one earpiece. And if you have Spotify, there is a little function under the settings that allows you to play music in mono instead of stereo. It's something that I was messing about, I think, a few weeks ago, and I was struggling to think of a good opening subject for Rob's records. And um, yes, yeah, so if you just go to the settings, playback and there should be the mono audio toggle so you can actually listen to a song and or have a song playing go into the settings and toggle between the two and you should get a fairly good idea of, of what I'm trying to uh, try to describe because for me it wasn't really I mean in terms of stereo the first bands I got into when I was younger oh yeah really started listening to music was like Guns N' Roses and then U2 and then this guy at school, Neil Jackman, lent me the, um, the White Album and Please Please Me. So Please Please Me was in mono, and then the White Album was in stereo. Completely hated the White Album, didn't like it at all, but I loved the whole poppy, well, the Beatles early stuff, just absolutely just kind of lit a fire in my, in my brain about their, their music and has done ever since. But from that, like anything, you know, you, you start to explore other musics, other influences and, and everything. And, and I think when I got to Roundabout Rubber Soul, Revolver, then the Beach Boys started kind of creeping into like, you know, oh, have you heard Pet Sounds? Oh, and, and I think it was when I, when I was, um, when I was bought Sgt. Pepper's one Christmas, my dad, I said to my dad, dad, buy me the best Beatles album. So he went out and got me Sgt. Pepper's arguably probably isn't the best but it does have a day in the life which is probably the best song they've ever recorded and in the notes to that McCartney goes on to say about how Pet Sounds was the influence behind Sgt Peppers so I was like okay great there you go that's my you know that's my connection go off and I went down King Street to one of the best record shops ever in the world and no, it wasn't Prism Leisure. It was a little bit further down, past St George's Theatre, and it was Dick's Records, which is now um, a Tropical Cafe, and Prism Leisure, which is the other great record shop, is now a Turkish Barber's. So anyway, I got Pet Sounds, I think a few quid, mono, CD, so this is 1990-something, rushed home, put it on, headphones on, and bash. I was just, the horrible mono, 
just it just sounded damp. It sounded it just didn't didn't sound as summery and lovely and as, as I wanted it to be. Maybe I'd built it up in my mind too much. Anyway, absolutely hated mono, hated the Beach Boys, hated Pet Sounds, and that is it. I think I got rid of the CD, gave it away to somebody else, and it was like, what the hell are they on about? And it wasn't probably until 2004 when I revisited the um, Pet Sounds album, when they'd, I think in 19, uh, 1997, 98, anyway, they'd been this remastered for the first time ever Pet Sounds had been remastered into stereo. Rented it from Yarmouth Library, got it home, put it on headphones. Wow, it was the best album I'd heard. And, and to this day, Pet Sounds is, will always be in my top three albums. I just think it's amazing. Unfortunately, I did go to see Brian Wilson doing his 50th anniversary of it, but that was probably the worst mistake ever. Don't see a 70 eight-year-old man performing songs which he was doing when he was 26 and his voice is all gone and I mean it was it was good to see I'm glad I went but it was this thing of oof you know it, it just seemed like a bit of a freak show bringing him out he's not a freak but you know what I mean he's kind of bringing him out sitting down at the piano and it just yeah it just didn't feel right anyway I've created if you don't have Spotify what I've done is to help you to do this, uh, to do an experiment of your own, or I've done the experiment for you if you help to this. The next song is one that I think is one of the best recorded songs ever. And I've conducted this stereo mono experiment for you. Uh, but it's, as I say, it's worthwhile doing this for yourself if you do have a fav some favorite songs and you do have Spotify. But fundamentally, mono versus stereo. For me, stereo is like listening in 3D, Technicolor. It's fantastic. It can really make music come alive, and you know, there's there's so many albums where you know, thing, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, for example. You can get quadraphonic. You know, that's the next step, isn't it, over uh, from stereo? But listening to some stuff in stereo, as opposed to mono, you know, it, there's just no comparison. Mono is like listening in black and white, or you know, with blinkers, you know, a narrow vision. Anywho, listen to this next song and see what you think. You know, and tell me, and see if you can tell when it switches from stereo to mono. Thank you. 
was take five by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Did you, could you, did you get it? There might be a few clicks, but then uh, I try my best to try and get it as smooth as possible between the stereo and mono. Hopefully you guessed, and hopefully you appreciated the uh, stereo. If you, if you see what I mean, like with the stereo, it just feels like you're in the room. It's, the sound is so much wider. And as soon as it whack goes into mono, it's almost like you're in a tunnel, you know? Anyway, each to their own. If you love mono, if you love Phil Spector's Wall of Sound, then, you know, who am I to argue? Well, you are wrong. So records, this is what the podcast is all about. Rob's records. I've talked to you about my first record. And then there's records that, as a record collector, as somebody who loves records, that, you know, Nowadays it's not so not so hard in terms of getting the unreleased stuff because you know you've got YouTube, you've just got all sorts of you know things get leaked and you know someone will have a copy somewhere and you know when I was much younger it would be like bootlegs that you'd buy or you, and they'd they'd just be sound like they'd been mixed in a damp shed in the end of someone's garden you know and just the worst of worst because it, it's all analog all, all analog so a copy of a copy and a coffee so every time it degrade. So this next section is called Please Release Me. And so it's about stuff that, you know, when I was younger, perhaps I got it on bootleg and it's only recently now I've come about or that I've found a better version of it on YouTube. Unfortunately, if it's not been released, I can't play it. But if you follow me on Facebook, which is Rob's Records, or if you're on Instagram, which I'll post a few bits and pieces on there, it's called Records Rob somebody some smart Alex already got Rob's records on Instagram so yes it's records Rob I will post a few bits and pieces on there for you um, have links in the bio to all sorts of different things it could be a YouTube channel that I would start whacking some stuff up on it could be you know the Facebook page anything and everything that you need including some merchandise should you wish to buy yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie or a cloth bag with Rob records on it or occasionally I might throw some lyrics up there. Um, anything that you want suggested, do let me know and um, I'll see if I can accommodate you. So yes, this please release me. Child of Nature. This is a song written by John Lennon in 1968 in India. And it was written at the same time as Paul McCartney wrote Mother Nature's song. And it was from a lecture the Maharishi Yoga had been talking about and it is known as Child of Nature and I think John Lennon mentioned it briefly in the 1980s Playboy, I think it was the last interview he did for Playboy magazine 
and it was taped at George Harrison's bungalow in Esha, Surrey. And the Beatles um, went to George Harrison's house in the last week of 1968 to record demos for the White Album. So on this on this track is Lennon double track vocals, guitar, and a shaker, possibly played by Ringo Starr. It's also so you if you are a fan of John Lennon's, you'll notice that Child of Nature is the tune eventually resurfaced as Jealous Guy, but with different lyrics on John Lennon's 1971 solo album, Imagine. So for such a long time, I, I think the bootleg was called Off-White, and I think I might have got it in, on King Street. There was a shop between Prism Leisure and Dick's Records, and it was probably near the Brunswick, which is subsequently closed and now a Domino's. But there was a thing there, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he used, I mean, I brought a U2 bootleg from him, or quite a few uh, bootlegs from him uh, from the shop. Not that he should have been selling them, but you know, I didn't care. And there's a good a means to do it. But of course, they're more expensive than the normal CDs and then the quality. If you've got one which was, as I say, any any good, then you know, you'd almost kind of like treasure it. And then obviously you'd show off to your mates and they'd all want cassette tapes of it and, and everything else. But anyway, I hope you enjoy this. I certainly did when they re the, the Beatles finally released it in 2018 on the 50th anniversary and they released all of the demos from George Harrison's recording session back at the end of May 1968 and it is fantastic. If you are, as I say, if you're on Spotify, give it a listen because the whole thing, to hear it just acoustic, to then how they then got replicated or recorded for the White Album, it's, it's just amazing. And talking of stereo and mono, there are, a stereo, there are stereo versions of the White Album out there and mono. And again, me, superior, but I think the Beatles used to sit in with the stereo mixes and then just say to George Martin, okay, look, you can go off and do the mono, we're happy. But anyway, have a listen to this demo. I don't know if it's in stereo, I'm sure it is. Not that it matters. Anyway, Child of Nature, John Lennon, Stroke, the Beatles. Dreaming more or less And the dream I had was true Yes, the dream I had was true I'm just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children Sunlight shining in my eyes As I face the desert skies And my thoughts return to home Yes, my thoughts return to home I'm just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm 
just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children Underneath the mountain ranges Where the wind that never changes Touch the windows of my soul Touch the windows of my soul I'm just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children That concludes episode one of Rob's Records, something to shout about. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please do share it with your friends if you have. And, well, I guess there's only one more thing left to say. This is the end.